Dublin town There lives a girl Fairer than the flower I'm wearing Rose Donahue All fresh and new And I love her past All caring And there she goes My rings and rows In God's garden There's none rarer And there she goes My rings and rows Dublin town has seen unfairer Seventeen, my seamstress queen. She's no bigger than a thimble. Soft satin skin, street Arabs grin. Sure, she makes the work look simple. And there she goes, my rings and rows. In God's garden, there's none rarer. And there she goes, my rings and rows. Dublin town has seen none fairer. Of lace to walk with grace and a golden ring she's asking the saving slow how but still I know that our love is everlasting. And there she goes, my rings and rows. In God's garden, there's none rarer. And there she goes, my rings and rows. Dublin town has seen none fairer. There she goes, my rings and rows. In God's garden, there's none rarer. And there she goes, my rings and rows. Dublin town has seen none fairer.
They come from the farms and the factories too They all soon forget who they are The cares of today, well, they're soon washed away As they sit at a stool by the bar The girl with green eyes in the Rolling Stone shirt Doesn't look like she works on the land And the man at the end, he's a very good friend Of a man who sells cars second hand Down at the Red Rose Cafe In the harbour There by the port just outside Amsterdam Everyone shares in the songs And the laughter Everyone there is so happy to be there Well, the salesmen relax with a few pints of beer They try not to talk about trade The poet won't write any verses tonight But he may sing a sweet serenade So pull up a chair and forget about life It's a good thing to do now and then And if you like it here then I have an idea Tomorrow let's all meet again Down at the Red Rose Cafe In the harbour There by the port just outside Amsterdam Everyone shares in the songs and the laughter Everyone there is so happy to be there Down at the Red Rose Cafe in the harbour There by the port just outside Amsterdam Everyone shares in the songs and the laughter Everyone there is so happy to be there Everyone there is so happy to be there We've qualified for the World Cup
folks well welcome to cured august crack here mr o'brien here and uh joined on the line now as well by the man himself good morning kenny how are you today very good mark good morning to you good morning listeners big, yeah uh, big start there for you mark you're in control of the boards today so i am that's this is where you have to um i have all kinds of people set up on text to let me know how we sound here so hopefully we're coming through Loud and clear. You've been at the dials here for a little while, so uh, it's up to me now to uh, see if I can blunder my way through it. But yeah, kicked off the song. If many people are just waking up this morning to uh, to the news on the the passing of uh, of the legend, I suppose in many ways, um, Jack Charlton passed away at the age of eighty five. And um, you know, you and I were talking earlier about um, how much uh, delight and excitement he delivered to households across Ireland. Um, after uh, Ireland's uh, amazing run in the World Cup. And uh, you, you heard his voice. It's, it's emotional, actually, hearing his voice in that song. He was just an incredible character, Kenny, wasn't he? No question, yeah. He became uh, beloved in Ireland. He received the freedom of the city of Dublin, too. And um, uh, he just took us on a, on a dream. He, we got to our first uh, major tournament with with Jack, he was the first non-Irishman to become uh, the Irish manager. So, of course, we were off to the Euros in in '88. Had some famous wins there, and then, of course, Italia '90 was brilliant, um, and then USA '1994. And uh, yeah, super. I, I don't know if you got any of the tournaments, Mark. I was in. Uh, I went to New York. In '94 to watch the team, a very exciting game against Norway, nil nil. <laughs> but uh, but we had beaten the Italians there, and so many um, of the Irish community in in Toronto certainly were at that game. And uh, uh, New York, he had it lit up in in green. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, he did, and um, I uh, I think it's in, I think. Uh, I, I don't. Do you remember where you were, Ken, when uh, the shootout happened? Uh, yes, I do. Um, are you talking about the Romanian game? Oh yes, of course. Yeah. Yes, I was about to uh, tee off in a, a game of golf, and uh, of course, I thought the game would be over by then. But uh, so I had to put the uh, I had to catch up to my foursome because I stayed behind and watched the uh, the penalty shootout. So all right. That's how big the moment was, Mark. Golf was on the back burner. <laughs> well, oh, getting a few complaints, Kenny. That uh, you're coming through a little bit low there, so we'll we'll see if we can get that uh, get that repaired a bit. Um, okay. Or our yeah. fir- first run at it, but there you go. You got a you got a fancy new uh, device there. And by the way, a very big happy birthday to you, Kenny. I know you had a big day yesterday. Did you celebrate it in style? In style, Mark. I was uh, I was pampered. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I was pampered around the place here, and uh, I'll be hoping that the sound is better because my kids uh, got <laughs> me this fancy new pro mic here. So the studio is nicely set up and uh, glimmering with this uh, this fancy new microphone. 
I look like um, your man. Well, I don't look like it, but the mic looks like your man, Jimmy Fallon, uh, that he has there on his desk. So, <laughs> yeah, we had a great day, super Good. day, and ended it up with that big thunderstorm. I don't know if you got it last night, but uh, that was some downpour. Yeah, we um, we got uh, we didn't get the brunt of it, but uh, those were dark clouds that came in. That's for sure. And um, yeah, I'm glad you had a big day. And of course, the day before, Charlie Dooley had a little bit of a birthday. So uh, we're all uh, we're all marching on here, pal. We are indeed. Yeah, we're uh, getting into that. We're almost seniors, for goodness' sake, Mark. <laughs> uh, don't be saying that. Listen, we have got we'll a great show. Discount soon. Great show line. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We have a great show lined up here, pal. Yes, indeed. Yeah, we have uh, great guests, we believe, for uh, today. We have Uchtaran himself, John Horn, will be calling us in uh, from Ireland around the bottom of this hour. And then at 11 a.m., we have uh, film director and producer Jason Brannigan. He'll also be uh, giving us a ring from Ireland to talk about uh, Breaking Ice, his new film, which I believe was just launched at the Galway Film Flat this week and then around half 11 we'll have local musician Michael Darcy will join us and uh, we look forward to talking to Michael originally from Clare and making a name for himself in the music business so uh, yeah going to be a busy show and of course you've got loads of great tunes lined up I'm, I can't wait to hear what we have. Oh yeah I uh, just throw out Kenny you want a bit of a bit of saw doctors going on we've got some um, uh, we've got some Bagatelle we've got some Noel McLaughlin there we've got Mary Duff Larry Cunningham might make an appearance Mick Flavin Mary Black uh, there's a fella from Mullingar you might have heard of uh, he might be on as well Joe Dolan Oh, uh, be the Lord Hokey. Ah, yeah. So I've got all kinds of stuff going on. I've got the High Kings. We Ah, listen, this this isn't one to be missing. That's it. Uh, I love it. Yeah, don't miss out. And of course, if anybody ever does miss uh, a show, you can catch it back on our website, SaturdayIrishRadio.com. And under the podcast there, you can download them and listen away to them. And uh, you can listen during the week. Even if you heard it on Saturday, you could listen back to it. We're deadly. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, the golf, Marco, Lowry and uh, G-Mac are down there in, in appropriately named Dublin, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, but they faltered a wee bit yesterday and uh, they've fallen back into about 30th, 29th or 30th position. So they'll need a, a good weekend, but at least they made the cut. Good. And hopefully they have a, a, a good weekend ahead and uh, get themselves into, um, into a good position there in the tournament. Right. Did you watch any ball during the week? I did indeed, yeah, absolutely, right. of course. Why wouldn't I? Yeah, there's a game on every day. It's brilliant. There is. You can't be missed. Can't <laughs> be missed. And uh, the Champions League draw, I see, is out as well. So we can chat about that a wee bit later as well. It's uh, will all the teams know their fate now after they come out of this uh, this last round? Absolutely, we'll chat that and and Europa as well for. Some of the Wolves and Man United fans that might be out there. <laughs> I'd say one fella now is going to have a tough time with that. Um, our pal, our Danish friend, Thomas Hansen, who's a Manchester United fan, but is also from Copenhagen. And they face each other um, in the uh, Europa next round. So who will he cheer on? We'll have to, we'll have to find out. <laughs> well, listen, we were, we were talking a little bit earlier about, um, uh, about Jack Charlton and, of course... Um, you know, it doesn't take long for people to start digging out the old the old jokes. But there was one great story 
I don't know if you uh, had uh, I had heard it many years ago, but it's only uh, it was just sent to me again this morning by a couple of people uh, through so through social media. But it was where you know Ireland had just beaten um, Ireland had just beaten Romania in the shootout, and um, they got to go and visit the Pope, and uh, just before their game with Italy. And um, the Pope, anyway, meets all the players. They have a they have a, a, a lovely gathering with them. And uh, the Pope, anyway, mentions to Packy Bonner that uh, when he was growing up in Poland, that he he played in goals. Uh, that was his that was his position, and yes. that, uh, he got a run on the Polish team. So <laughs> anyway, uh, after they lost the Italy game, uh, and I don't know if you remember the goal, but Packy spilled a shot from one of the players, and it fell to uh, Scalacci, and he put it into the back of the net. And after the after the event, he's in the dressing room. He says, "Okay, lads, it was a great run. It's time to go home now." And as they're packing up their stuff, he leans into Packy Bonner and says, "By the way, I think the Pope would have saved that one." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you'll you'll see oh, okay. all the jokes, all the jokes emerging here. So, indeed, good. indeed. <laughs> all right, well, we pile on with a bit of music here, and uh, at the bottom of the hour, we have, um, of course, Uktoran. Uh, Coming, Luclash Gale, uh, John Horan joining us. So um, we'll play a couple of tunes here, maybe, uh, and, and bridge to that. And you and I will come back, and then hopefully he'll be able to join us at the bottom of the hour here. Sounds good, Mark. All right, I'm going to go with a bit of uh, Saw Doctors here, Kenny. Let's get this one. Lovely.
When you think of Irish tradition, what comes to mind? Live music, great hospitality, and a pub atmosphere of laughter and song imported from the Emerald Isle itself. And one of Ireland's greatest imports is the Keane family, serving up the finest fare and crack this side of County Galway since 1991 at the Galway Arms. The family-owned pub has been charming patrons since, well, last century, and as a result attracts some of the GTA's greatest Irish characters. Known far and wide for its chef-designed menu and traditional Irish music, it's also Toronto's home of Gaelic games live from Ireland on the big screens. You can like them on Facebook and you're sure to like them in person. Visit thegalwayarms.ca to view daily specials. The Galway Arms, your home away from home and not too far from home at 838 the Queensway in Etobicoke. Call 416-251-0096. Make a date and make it for the Galway Arms. I skimmed across black water without once submerging onto the banks of an urban morning that hungers the first light much, much more than the mountains ever do. And she, like a ghost beside me, goes down with the ease of a dolphin And emerges unlearned and shame and harm For she is the perfect creature, a natural in every feature And I am the geek with the alchemist's stone. For all of you who must discover For all who seek to understand For having left the path of others You find a very special hand And it is a holy thing And it is a precious time And it is the only way Forget-me-nots among the snow It's always been and so it goes To ponder his debt And his life eternally All of you who must discover For all who seek to understand For having left the path of others You find a very special hand And it is a holy thing And it is a precious time And it is the only way 
forget me nots among the snow. It's always been, and so it goes to ponder his debt and his life eternally. Bright blue rose outlives all those two thousand years, and still it goes to ponder his debt and his life eternally. go a bit of Christy Moore and uh, blight bright blue rose um, great old tune there and then of course we had a little commercial there from our friends at the Galway Arms hopefully things are going well for them down there Kenny and that um, people are are, are are splitting the patio down there uh, good old and getting out there to support um, the, the Keane family down there and we had a little bit of the saw doctors then before that some great uh, funny lyrics in, in, in that one anyway um, we are expecting a call from the big man himself here soon, Kenny. Yes, indeed, Mark. Yeah. And, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to that chat, for sure. Are you keeping an eye on the old soccer game as well? I can give you a, an update if you want. Yeah, it's nil-nil right now between Liverpool and Burnley. All right, OK. Yeah. I don't know if there's any other games going on. <laughs> <laughs> are you nervous at all? Not a bit. Um yeah, we just chatted there. The, there's some mouth-watering Champions League games uh, coming up. The, the quarterfinals and semi-final draw has been has been done. But uh, these quarterfinals, the winner of the Manchester City Real Madrid game will face the winner of Juventus Leon. So um, you know that that should be something else, no matter who gets through wow. there. And the team when. Of course, sport started to come back up again. The German League was the first, and you would pick Leipzig, I believe. They're in tough with Atletico Madrid. Barcelona and Napoli still have to finish out theirs, but the winner of that will face Bayern or Chelsea. Bayern has a 3-0 lead, of course, already in the uh, the first leg of that over Chelsea. And then the, uh, the last one, Atalanta face Paris Saint-Germain. So some good, some good quarterfinals there to, uh, to look forward to. And uh, the semi-final draw then will have the winner of quarter-final one versus three. So that could be someone like City, Madrid or Juventus-Leon versus Bayern or Barcelona. Wow. 
Wow, something some, else. Some, yeah, some, looking, looking forward to that. Some crackers. So what's the deal then, Ken? That, that's all going to take place in, in one place in Europe, right? It is going to take place in Lisbon, in Portugal, yeah. All um, the games. Now, the, the, the remaining, there's a couple of games that still have their second legs to play. They'll be played at those home stadiums. But those quarterfinals, semifinal and final will all take place in, in Portugal. Super. Well, we might have to get together on a patio to watch uh, watch some of that stuff going on. Yes, indeed. Yeah, for and sure. Of, and of course, I believe it's next week that the uh, our local sports here, I mean, our sports, I suppose, uh, our Canadian sports, the hockey players are back in training, I believe, next week. And it looks like Toronto has been selected as one of the uh, venues for the uh, playoff system that they've come up with for, for hockey this year, which is great news as well. Yes, indeed. I mean, it is it is surprising that they picked a big city, you know, like Toronto, because you could have played it anywhere as long as it had accommodation. You could have been even down in the Atlantic. Yeah. For that matter, you know, there's no shortage of rinks. It's not like you're trying to put people into the stands. So mm-hmm. with with such a big population here in Toronto, I don't know if they're just trying to look after the players and the fact that, you know, give them some st- stuff to do. But uh, anyway, that's where it is. So we'll see what happens. And basketball and baseball, the whole lot is going to, all take off now. Well, there could be uh, it could be a bit a bit of, a bit of that going on. So yeah, we're looking forward to it. Well, listen, um, I know we've got a a, a double. Do you know John Horn is originally from Abbey Leaks? At least his dad is. He he uh, spent the first few years of his life down there. So we're claiming him. I'm sure that he's thinking that if he doesn't uh, if he doesn't hand the cup over to a dub, that he'd probably be hoping that the next best would be uh, would be Leash, um, just given his roots there. You know. But, that uh, might have to be one of the first questions to see if he'd actually even <laughs> acknowledge that. Anyway, we'll um, what uh, he is a dub though. There is no doubt about it. So I I, um, I mentioned Bagatelle at the top of the hour. Of course, this is a song that they sing. It's very synonymous with this time of year in Dublin, summer in Dublin. So I'm going to give this a belt, and that'll bridge us over to uh, hopefully John, and he'll join us here at the bottom of the hour. Kenny, all right. Lovely stuff. Well done.
Stopping home to pick up my guitar And a drunk on the bus told me how to get rich I was glad we weren't going too far There you go. That was Bagatelle and Summer in Dublin. Um, great sound of uh, Liam Riley there. And uh, we used that song to bridge into, or um, as a segue, if you will, onto, into our uh, first interview of the day here. And we are absolutely honoured. Uh, second time making an appearance with us that Uktaran Kumandu Class Gale, John Horn, is joining us. John himself is a dub. He was just telling us offline there that this song maybe brings back some memories. Good morning, John. How are you? Great, Mark. And yourself? Ah, great. Thanks for doing this. You were studying. No you haven't lost that leash accent anyway. Oh, it's not. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Don't worry. 
you were you were you were studying for exams when that song was out. Yeah, I was doing my finals in college actually that year. Yeah, so it's it's always a song that brings back a particular summer because my exams were in were at the end of the summer rather than the beginning. So uh, it's just a strange one in college with that science degree that they did the finals at the end. So uh, I spent the whole summer studying and listening to Bagatelle. Yeah, no, <laughs> good man yourself. Well, listen, you're very welcome to the show, um, and uh, your your term ends at the end of February. The good thing, uh, John, is that at least no curveballs have been thrown at you during your uh, your term here as Uchtaron. <laughs> uh, how are you holding up? No curveballs. I think it's been a constant curveball. It started <laughs> off with um, the Lee Miller controversy in Parky Cueve, and then we got Newbridge. Yeah. <laughs> Then, then we engaged in the Pride Parade, and uh, and now we, we're dealing with a small issue called the pandemic. Yeah, it's been rather an uneventful term. Yeah, I'd have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, just before we get into the, the 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 GAA business of the day, your family are safe and well. Everybody's okay. Yeah, yeah. I lost an uncle to COVID actually in England. Ah, but no. Other than that, no, everything else at home here in Ireland, everyone's fine. Yeah. <laughs> ah, very good, very good. So. John, I'm curious, just wonder maybe if we could, um, some big news, of course, over the last couple of weeks has been the establishment of a fixtures schedule, if you will, that sees the league finished and the, the championship played out in the uh, calendar year of 2020. Um, obviously, there are some casualties along the way uh, in, in, in doing that. Can you maybe share a little bit about the maybe the process that you followed and the difficult choices that you had to make and you know, were you was was it always going to be that the the championship and playing the championship would be the, the the highest priority for the GAA this year? No, actually, in fairness, um, when we sat down initially to look at this, we felt that the club were the priority, and that uh, whatever we put together had to give greater consideration to the club because uh, I think it's known out there ninety eight percent of our actual playing membership are solely club players and whilst the hundred percent are club players but ninety eight are solely club. And we felt that um you know the club had put so much into the communities throughout the country that they had to get a payback and the impact had to be on a greater number of people. So that's why we opted to give the clubs the first uh, run at this. And also from a practical point of view, clubs needed to be able to play their games in the better weather because of the demand on the amount of pitches and also the lack of floodlights available for club games. So we were very clear in our heads about clubs. And then actually, even when we got the extra two weeks from the original plan we had, we actually left that extra two weeks with the club. So no, we, we were very conscious of the club getting the run at it. And like the club has been back now two and a half weeks. Numbers are starting to rise a little bit here in Ireland. But I would actually say that a lot of those numbers and a lot of those cases that are being identified at the moment are coming from uh, parties, some social gatherings in you know, pubs. And uh, I would say another area that uh, could be causing some of the problem is uh, travel into the country, you know? Yeah. yeah. But no, clubs were key to it all. And then obviously we only had a certain time frame to work on with regard to... Um, the time frame was to work with regard to the inter-county and the, you know, that was to fit that in and obviously we gave it a certain number of weeks and we had to kind of cut out some of the actual um, areas that, you know, we would have loved to have had but, you know, there was casualties but 
I think all in all, we've put a reasonable package together for the inter-county scene. Yeah. And is the plan then, I mean, assuming there isn't a second or even, God forbid, a third wave, but is the plan, if this starts to regress or subside, that we would go back to normal fixture in 2021? Or is that yeah. is that uh, premature at this stage? No, no. We were conscious to try and get things tidied up by the end of 2020 and then take a break in maybe January and then try and recommence as best we can for next year. We may have to look at a slight alteration of the league to reduce it in time. But uh, all in all, it's to try and get everything back up and running for next year. But um, I think we, we, we'll have to look at the whole... Well, we, we are looking at it, and unfortunately, COVID slowed up the progress, the fixture reviews mm-hmm. that work that was going on. But uh, we, we will hopefully reassemble that group. And, and maybe there's learnings of this whole shutdown for us in the whole context of how we should look at it again. And maybe we might come with a new extra proposal or two put into that package. Excellent. I see John too, even that they just talking to some family members and, and their kids playing. It's, it's quite strict, even at that uh, local level where they all have to, to click in and, and uh, make sure that their kids are healthy before they come out onto the training pitch. So it's, yeah, uh, well, I actually, I have an 11 year old and he's been back training twice now. And, um, in that context, like, I have to do a confirmation uh, uh, online for him that he hasn't any issues. And then when he arrives at training, he has to check in and they have to see that he has actually done the confirmation. But then he's assigned to a particular pod as well that's all pre-organized before he arrives for the actual training. So no, there's a lot of work going into it. And that's why we couldn't rush back to going back because if we had just declared gates open, let's go back, it would have been just everybody running in free for all. And that's why we had to put all these training procedures in place and the checks in place. And I have to say, some of the staff in Crow Park turned around a phenomenal amount of work in a very short space of time in terms of getting the online training available, the health questionnaire, and getting all that system up. And then even the staff that were involved in the e-learning training in context of the return and that, just huge work that went into it. And a challenge that they probably never saw on their doorstep, but... I have to say they've delivered brilliantly on it for us and they have to be complimented, you know. Yeah, it's an amazing amount of work. We actually had uh, Curry Mortimer on the programme a couple of weeks ago and from the Canadian side. And uh, I know that the, the entire team here were, were putting together all the protocols for, for back to play in Canada. And, and it's just a, an immense amount of work. Um, and, you know, through your leadership too, John, I mean, trying to organise a global sporting organization it's uh it can't be an easy task no and you know lots of people out there had opinions about how it should be done and what should be done but as i think as i said in my sunday game interview people are entitled to opinions but it's only certain people have the responsibility and it's when you have the responsibility that's when the real challenge comes that you have to do it right and i think as one of the staff in crow park said to me at a very early stage in all this he says john block out the noise Everybody will criticise and have a view. Just gather the best information you can and then we can make the right decisions and then we just stick to them. And even last night when the young lad was out training, I was actually talking to another parent and I said, you know what, we've done the right thing. Even if there is the odd outbreak here and there, look at the amount of people that are actually back in activity. And Tomas, me and our IT manager, he actually showed us a graph the other day of the spike of the amount of people to do the questionnaire 
before they um, actually go out training. And it's unbelievable to see the numbers of people that are doing the questionnaire because it's all recorded online that they've done it and then go and train them. And just to see that amount of activity. And it, it's, look, if we have to shut down again, we have to. But we can always look back and say we, we did our best and we were careful and we gave everybody that opportunity to get back. And that element of hope in people's lives as well that games can happen like, you know. But I guess there's some, obviously there's responsibility on the local level too, John. I, I think I read this morning there was a few clubs in Cork maybe that had to just kind of put things on hold for a little bit. Not that it was maybe necessarily within the uh, the the, uh, the community, the, the the GEA community, but somewhere within Cork, uh, some some COVID cases and they've kind of put everything on, on hold for now. Yeah, and look, that's why we didn't hurry back into this either because we yeah. knew once this... Once we opened, the responsibility was going to sit on the shoulders of club officers and we felt we had to equip them and train them as best we could to actually deal it. And I think the people in Cork have to be complimented. I think from reading from newspaper reports, the the incident or the the case of it came from a house party and it was people that were at the house party. There was a concern about them. But there was a previous case in the club where one individual was diagnosed with it and there was a precautionary shutdown in the context of other people that were in contact, but it was found that person and only that person was affected. But look, the, the methodology is out there for people, and I think if they follow it, we'll get there. My big concern is travel into the country and yeah. uh, the social life in some of the places. I think we saw pictures last weekend of streets in the centre of Dublin where certainly social distancing wasn't taking place. And I think we have to be realistic. If people consume a large amount of alcohol, the common sense of social distancing would go out the door and then you yeah. will create problems. And, do you know, the fight has been so big economically and financially and every other way for people that uh, it would be terrible that just a bit of sloppiness or carelessness now would knock things back. And I'm quite sure, like, Ireland is replicated throughout the world, like, you know what I mean, in the context that every country has its challenge. You look at Melbourne as an entity in Australia, you know, or... You know, it's great to see you're working your way back. Britain, you know, it's slightly different. It's it's all widespread there, and they just had to be that little bit more careful going back. Whereas in Switzerland, they were back weeks ago, but again under very strict conditions and actually doing it like you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, John, we just have to hope people are going to be responsible, no doubt. Yeah. Well, John, you're probably blue in the face talking about COVID. Um, I know it is the uh, uh, the topic of the day, but um, maybe just to to change things up a little bit. Um, the announcement that Larry McCarthy will be taking over the reins from you, um, of course, uh, an overseas uh, Um What are your thoughts on that? And have you had a lot of conversations uh, with Larry? Yeah, well, I suppose Larry and myself go back a long way. We've been good friends for a large number of years and worked with Larry on management. And uh, I suppose you'd have got good odds off any bookie a few years ago if you'd have said a dub would get the presidency followed by an international candidate. But it just shows you how the GA has moved on as an organisation in that sense. And uh, oh, Larry brings huge experience and uh, look, his commitment to the GA over all these years, like it, it didn't start in recent times with Larry. Like Larry was a huge part of the university in Limerick when he was a student there and when he came to Dublin to teach Malahide. He joined the Rahini uh, GA club here in Dublin. And obviously then, when he went over to America, he got involved with Sligo in New York. So, look, Larry's pedigree is there, his commitment. And, uh, you know, he ran a great campaign. He travelled over here to Ireland. And obviously with the large amount of vote that was here, he had to get his message across. And I can tell you one thing, 
I thought I drove the length and breadth of Ireland, but Larry drove a hell of a lot more than I did when he came home and got around to everybody. And like even before Larry thought about going to run for the job, I mean, I remember him coming into Nafina one day, and I was there with a young lad at a training on Saturday morning, and his whole day was mapped out going to down to Wicklow to watch a match and going somewhere else that evening to watch another match. That's the type of passionate guy he is, and I, I think he'll do a great job when he starts off next February. Yeah. Brilliant. Got on a couple of big projects uh, on the go too. I see up there in Mayo, the Connacht GEA and the Centre of Excellence has got this, the world's largest sports dome been constructed. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's phenomenal. Like it's a, it's, it's a full-size pitch. Like You have to give credit to Connacht Council, you know, who would have always been seen a little bit of the, you know, the weaker or the smaller of the uh, four provincial councils in Ireland. But, you know, to John Prenty, you'd have to say he took this project on with passion. He chased after the financial resources to deliver it and uh, it's going to be unbelievable when it's there and the benefit but like the Connacht Centre of Excellence is, is is an absolute phenomenal achievement on the part of Connacht and it's a good revenue stream for them as a council as well with the use that they have in it don't know if either of you ever been there but they've five pitches and this will now be the sixth pitch there and they're still looking at further expansion there because they uh, it really is well put together and they offer great services to clubs and the colleges and everything in terms of conditioning and filming and everything like that. The, the setup in Connacht is as professional now as you get anywhere. And I suppose, you know, when things go well, you have to look and say who led it. And I'd have to say John Prenty deserves a great amount of credit for his work in, in all of that. Brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, it's good to see all the changes around there and, you know, my own um, home county of Sligo there, the, the centre of excellence there that has gone on the improvements there over the last few years has been phenomenal. Oh, yeah. The the, the, the uh, facilities there are brilliant now. Yeah, I was out at the Sligo Centre of Excellence on two or three occasions and I have to say they've done a really great job and uh, they've also done huge work on you know rectifying the uh, pitch in Mark Fitch Park and getting that up to standard in terms of drainage and again comes down to good leadership and you know, I'd give great credit there to uh, Joe Taff and also to uh, Peter Green, the treasurer there. Peter Green has done a huge amount of job in turning uh, Sligo around as a county. And John Murphy, the incoming Connacht chairman, has also played a huge part in Sligo's progress. So I know you're a bit away from home, but certainly you can look back and say Ireland, or in Sligo's case, they've made huge progress. Like, you know, and not to leave Mark out. Well, I'll tell you, John, you, you, you just made no. Ken's day because you put the word excellence and Sligo in the same sentence, and that has never happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually opened Leisha's Centre of Excellence there last summer, and uh, again, another another great job done. And uh, again, coming down, Jerry Kavanagh, Niall Handy, Peter O'Neill, and uh, yeah. Martin Bourne, they've done a great job. And uh, Really, like, I mean, going into our Moor Park now, that wall at the back of the stand gone, and you see a green fence looking out on fabulous playing pitches, and the actual building itself is, is top class. And they've engaged there in a whole green energy biodiversity project lately, and they've got a massive amount of investment in the place for a small enough cost to themselves, and the cost to themselves will actually be recouped with the saving in, in expenditure on uh, energy charges. So, again, you know, I suppose in a funny kind of a way, we, there's so many good stories around the country, and I've just given you two or three there, like you know. But they're they're in other parts of the country as well. People again, all on a voluntary basis, doing huge work. But I'd never take away from the work that people do at international level as well, because I always say it, and it was my experience of 
living in Calgary for a while really opened my eyes to the whole thing that, you know, people away from home don't get it as easy, put their hand in their own pocket, travel distances, make huge sacrifices, have to battle to get facilities, and still they keep the game flourishing throughout the world. And I think Canada is a perfect example of where the one-club model of Camogie ladies football and their own two games were in the football going so well. And, you know, the leadership of Sean Hart over there has just been phenomenal. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, we're- yeah, Sean's done great work and the entire team out here as well. You know, John and uh, Lorraine Mucky in there from, from Cooley and County Loud, now out in Vancouver there, the vice chair. They've done uh, great work and a great connection to Canada too that we were just doing uh, some some stories in the background. But JP Ryan's gravestone and, and that, that uh, there's, a, there's a lovely story to Canada on that, that he had emigrated, of course, of one of the founding members of the GEA. And, yeah, uh, actually, I was I was meant to be out there to unveil that. It was part, one of my foreign trips this year was to go out and actually unveil that stone. Now I've told Sean Hart to set a date and go ahead, and if if things change in a big positive way, I'll make it. But probably not going to happen. But I don't think it should be held back, okay. uh, and it should just go ahead. And I think Sean's going to organise that and, and and get that over the line. And again. It's great to see that people remember and respect, you know, the heritage that's out there and linked to the actual GAA. No. Yeah, a lot of people probably wouldn't know that story. I suppose that, you know, that he would have uh, immigrated out to Canada shortly afterwards, right? So it's, no, uh, it's, it's nice just, to be able to, to have that recognized in the history. Absolutely. No, no, no. And look, there was no issue from our point of view here back home making a contribution to the actual cost factor involved in it. And obviously, the Canadian board in looked after the rest like you know what I mean no well done and I see another big project too in um, Casement Park there a new decade new approach that whole piece looks uh, looks like it's going to be phenomenal yeah it's it, 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 it's it's going to be a challenge to uh, get it but it seems to be making progress along the line like you know in, in fairness the, you know the British authorities have accepted that they put a large chunk of funding into it so it's for us to take it on but We've other projects then as well, Loud, Mead, Newbridge, Waterford and Walsh Park are all looking at it and there uh, was government funding put on the table. But you know, in, some, in funny times, when there's a crisis like there is now, building costs often come down. So it may be a, a case of us, let's take our courage and go for it now and mm. we may get these projects over the line, you know, at a cheaper price than if we waited for things to lift again economically, you know. I, I remember, John, in our uh, the last time we met, which is hard to believe, it was a couple of years ago, you were in the studio with us, but um, one of the things that we had talked about uh, at the time, and uh, I think it may have came up in the context of the legacy you want to leave behind, and we had talked a little bit about the two-tier system. Are you, are you happy with, with, with where that's at right now? Uh, do you feel like it has the support? I, I know it has its opponents, but... Do you feel like that it has more support than it has, than it has uh, those against at this stage? Um, or are you, are you kind of, um, do you think you would have done something any different there? No, look, we, we brought it to a special Congress and we got a 75% vote in favour of it. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? And, you know, some of those votes that went against it were people that probably felt that, uh, you know, they were thinking personally rather than overall. But look, uh, it was put to me that should we run the Tier 2 in the compressed season that we have it coming at the end of the year. And I felt, no, uh, it would be better to hold back because uh, 
I think we were going to be under huge pressure with grounds and facilities and time and everything at the end of the year. So, whilst, you know, it was something I would have loved to have seen happen in my three years, look, the greater good had to be served by postponing for another 12 months. But it will happen. Yeah. It will definitely happen in 2021, like, you know what I mean? And uh, I think it'll offer more for the season for those counties that, you know, uh, are in Division 3 and 4. And, like, it's funny enough, uh, if you go to every club structure in the country with senior, junior and intermediate, you go to ladies football at inter-county level, they have it. You go to Camogie at inter-county level, they have it. Even in Hurland, we have the different tiers. But the only one that didn't have tiers was football. But uh, I think once we market this right and give it its exposure and give it, you know, its due recognition, I think people will buy into it and see it as, as a plus, you know. Spot on. John, you're very good for doing this. I know you're a busy man these days, um, but it's great that you uh, give some time to uh, give them time to the uh, the Canadian uh, Irish. Uh, particularly, there's a lot of listeners here on the line right now, uh, of course, that are part of the local GA scene and the broader Canadian GA scene. So, thanks very much. Your voice is, means a lot to them. I'm sure to hear your voice and and to hear you also have a uh, an opinion and be be quite aware of everything that's going on in the Canadian uh, GA world as well. So, and um, I know in Jess at the beginning of the show I talked about curveballs, but um, I think you've done an incredible job in your role. I know I know it's not over, um, but the leadership that you've shown is very commendable, and I'm sure that hasn't gone unnoticed. So, congratulations and really thank myself and Ken. We really appreciate you taking the time to do this. No problem, Mark. And can I just say, look to thank everyone for the work that they're doing for us as an organization internationally. International was something that I felt was important. I think Niall Erskine, as the international chairman, has done a great job. I know there was a webinar with all the international units a few weeks ago, which I think was very positive. And uh, I think we've increased the funding. Obviously, things are gone tight again on us. But, you know, I think hopefully World GAA will continue to thrive and get its due recognition back home here in Ireland for the work that the people are doing for us throughout the world. So that's Keep up the good work you're doing on that radio show, and, and thanks for inviting me on. Much appreciated. Thank you, thanks John. Thanks a million, John. Well done. Okay, All the best. Take care. Have a good weekend. Okay. Yeah. Cheers. John. Good luck. Bye-bye. Someone 
The Quinn family invite you to visit downtown Toronto's oasis of Irish hospitality at the Irish Embassy, 49 Young Street at Wellington, and PJ O'Brien's at 39 Colborne, just behind the King Edward Hotel. The Irish Embassy, a landmark of classic architecture, is your downtown destination for drinks, snacks, lunch, or dinner. 
Call 416-866-8282. And just around the corner, enjoy the local pub atmosphere of PJ O'Brien's, serving the best in pub fare and also your downtown venue for an intimate evening dinner. PJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday night. Call PJ's at 416-815-7562. All right, very good. Get down there to the Quinn fam. I don't know if they're open yet, Kenny, but um, they're very close to it anyway as we uh, try to emerge from this uh, from this pandemic. Um, listen, um, last week I had an opportunity to uh, take a look at uh, Breaking Ice and uh, we're delighted now to be joined on the line now by the director of Breaking Ice, uh, Jason Branning. And Jason, I had no idea that this even happened, believe it or not. I grew up around that time in Ireland. But uh, you're very welcome to Keologus Crack. Thanks for doing this. How are you today? I'm good, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to be on. Good man yourself. Yeah, um, yeah so as I, as I mentioned, I, I did not know that this happened. How did you happen upon this story or, or what was the inspiration? Do you have a connection to the people that are involved in this or did it just catch your eye and said, I'm going to take a go at this? It, it really just caught my eye it was um back in 2018 during the winter games and i i just happened to come across a little article online about ireland's history at the games and there was almost a footnote on that article that and um, for a start the first time we competed in the winter olympics was in a bobsleigh in 1992 but that 2018 actually should have been our 30th anniversary i suppose of our winter olympic debut and it, bobsleigh team had qualified for the 88 games but um let's just call it bureaucracy they they never actually got to go and compete and it fascinated me that that had happened i guess i kind of grew up at a time where um cool runnings was a huge film and my the extent of my knowledge of bobsleigh at the time was was kind of that massive disney film and it it just surprised me that we had our own team who were competing against the Jamaicans and had qualified for the same games that I never heard of and I guess to this day I've yet to meet anyone who knew about it and like when I started talking to people about it in February 2018 through to when I talk to people about it now there's not a single person I've met yet who said oh yeah I remember that and I think it was just as a result of Winter Olympics weren't a thing in Ireland at the time so the story kind of flew under the radar and yeah it, it, it just it fascinated me no personal connection to any of the athletes or the story just outside of it really kind of gripped me and I guess as a, as a filmmaker you're always kind of trying to find something that 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 moves you in some capacity that you're willing to put yeah. the, the time and energy and effort into actually going and trying to make. Well, congratulations on it, Jay. Uh, Ken here, and it's just a, a fabulous piece of work. I thoroughly enjoyed the uh, the film, and people should try and get to see it once it's released. We can chat about that, and you can fill us in on that. Um, there's just such a great story. If you like sport, there's a fabulous story in this. You know, these these athletes came from other sports to form this team, Right. Maybe give us a little bit of insight into them because they seem like great characters, a lot of them. Yeah, so I, I, I guess it, it, it very possibly could have been one of the things that went against them back in 88, but they were all elite athletes and represented Ireland internationally. Um, 
and they all predominantly came from Rowland. So the guy who actually set up the team was a London Irishman called Larry Tracy. Larry um, grew up in the UK, but he had trialled for Ireland as a rower for the Olympics in the late 70s. So as a young sportsman, he, he was involved in rowing. He knew the rowing community. So during the uh, Henry Henley Royal Regatta uh, in 86, Larry knew that there was going to be Irish squads at, at that particular event. And he kind of went down and stuck these letters onto the boats saying, does anyone want to start an Irish bobsleigh team? And it, it piqued the interest of a couple of the lads who were members of the Neptune Rowing Club. And they, yeah, they, they just gave Larry a call kind of afterwards and they started speaking. And, you know, a couple of months later, they were out in Eagles in Austria and seeing a bobsleigh and standing at the top of a bob track for, for the first time ever. And it's just, it's amazing. And, and the workload that they have to put in with you know they had very little if no support as you say right so yeah it's it's just a, it's a really great story a really great story um yeah I, I think one of the things like i i wouldn't be a huge sports guy but i think one of the like as, as you kind of said if you, if you like sports there's something in this but if it, it's just kind of it's a great underdog story as well yeah. like, it was one of one of the things that really kind of gripped me was the the tenacity of these guys who um against all odds and against every obstacle that was put in their way they kind of just had set their sight on being the first winter olympic team from ireland and i i think it's when you kind of just fathom Doing something that has never been done before um, is, is kind of an incredible feat in and of itself. And then, then I guess doing it from when, when each of them are coming from competing at a very high level in other sports, there, there's, a, there's a huge gamble and a risk there as well. I think even in, in how your own clubs and fellow athletes in those sports kind of look at you and what it does to your professional I suppose athletic career yeah no doubt and I suppose a lot of people you know there's a great Canadian angle with the 88 been in in Calgary right absolutely and a lot of people would have remembered that you know Eddie the Eagle because that was kind of the huge underdog story and you know this kind of crazy guy what he was about to do and even cool runnings that you mentioned only I don't think people would remember that at the time in 88. Yeah. It was really kind of after the fact when that film came out. And of course, another great Canadian connection with John Candy in that, uh, in that yeah. film. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think people knew about that either. So the bobsled thing was probably just, yeah, brushed under the carpet. And so no wonder we didn't really hear about this Irish story. And these guys were, were beating some of the big teams there's a, there's a great piece in your film there where they had to go back out in the early hours of the morning because of the, the way the selection of how top teams would get kind of the best ice, if you will, to go yeah. down on, on the runs, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's actually, again, that, that, that was Calgary. That was the track in Calgary. Um, I think Calgary kind of comes up a couple of times throughout the breaking ice in, in and of itself. There, there was a lot of big moments, I think, that the team experienced in Calgary originally um, coming home from Calgary in 80 at the beginning of 88 was when they 
had kind of done the job for the 88 games and then it was in Calgary again where they kind of got the qualification for the 92 games. Fabulous, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it's it's just, uh, as you said earlier, I think, you know, the tenacity of these guys, uh, the perseverance um, to, to pull through this. J- Jason, congratulations too. It's The film is, it's been debuted, I believe, tomorrow at the at the Galway Film Flat. flat. Yeah, so so we had, we, we had a, we, we premiered it in Chicago uh, at the very end of February, but this is our European premiere tomorrow and it's kind of the first time Irish audiences will we'll get to see the film. So we're super excited. The Fla is an incredible festival to, to, to screen that as well, particularly at home, you know. Brilliant. And Jason, you have a bit of a connection to Toronto as well. You spent some time here? Yeah, I actually, I, I lived in Toronto for three years, actually. Um, I, I moved out to Toronto when I finished college um, way back, and I spent a couple of years managing a Good Life Fitness in the Eaton Centre. Oh, okay. <laughs> very good. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it was funny just hearing the, the the ad that was playing just beforehand, the Irish <laughs> MC. It's been a long time since I had a point in the MC. <laughs> very good, Brilliant. very good. Yeah. Jason, the you know COVID obviously has uh, has impacted how films are getting released, and and we were talking a wee bit offline there about um, film festivals. Lots probably have been yeah. cancelled. Maybe give us a little bit of background on how the Galway Film Flat is going to is going to run, and then. How can our Canadian audience also get to see your your film, your great piece of work? Yeah, so I guess obviously with with COVID and cinemas being closed, it's very hard for festivals to take place in the kind of normal normal capacity, I suppose. But the FLA were really quick to adapt. And what they've done this year is it's a digital edition of the festival. So people can go on and... They have the program as usual. The selection is a little bit smaller, so there's about half as many films as they would normally have. And you can go on and basically rent a film. Uh, once you rent it, it's available to you for kind of I think it's 24 hours or 30 hours maybe, so that you can kind of watch it in your own time. But what they're doing is they still have screening times available, so people can still get together and kind of watch and live tweet about a film and then there's a, a rake of great Q&As and in conversations with and stuff. So we're, we're really lucky in that Galway is kind of a huge staple of the Irish festival circuit and it is, I suppose, the biggest industry festival that we have. So there was a real fear in it being missed this year and they were one of the, one of the first festivals to, to adapt to a digital edition. And I think they deserve huge credit for what they were able to do in such a short space of time and, and how quickly, um, yeah, just how quickly they were able to pull it together. Brilliant. Oh, great, yeah. And, and then I suppose how, you know, from your film standpoint, in terms of any uh, awards, I don't know how that's all going to work this year Yeah. with with it, but do you do you put forward your film? Um, do, does it just that somebody sees it and then nominates you? How does that all work? Yeah, so... That is, so let's say what what we plan on doing for the next while is just trying to run out the festival circuit for the, the end of the year. So in terms of, let's say, we are, it, it may or may not happen, but we're kind of hoping that we might um, be able to screen as part of the 
the film festival out in Calgary in the fall. We'll we'll do a run of other festivals in Ireland and stuff around that time as well. So once you're selected to screen at festivals, if they have awards, there's normally a jury or an audience award who will watch the films and then they'll basically pick people up for awards. Outside of that, I guess, like at home, the likes of the IFTAs, um, if you meet the requirements for um, submission to those type of festivals, um, the producers or production companies can, can basically take charge and start submitting for those kind of uh, awards then as well um, in, in, in time, I guess. But for us at the moment, it's try and get a couple more um, good good festivals under our belts and at the moment kind of at this moment in time that we're starting to have those conversations around distribution and where we think the film lives after its festival run, whether that's broadcast or VOD, and how we make it accessible to as many people as possible. So is this something that could kind of go on one of the, you know, Netflix or Prime? Do you, is that a kind of a potential for you to, to get a wider audience? Absolutely. If Netflix or Amazon wanted, we wouldn't be turning up our nose in any capacity um, it normally again kind of what we'd be hoping is if we get festivals of scale um, you know, oftentimes you have buyers and distributors who will be at those festivals and will be looking for films to pick up um, we always we made this film I guess it's something that you, you need to think about when you're making films now maybe more so than people thought of in the past in the past it was always for a theatrical release but so frequently now, um, films go straight to video, video on demand, whether that's Netflix, Amazon, whether it's something like a Vimeo. So for us, we always kind of envision this particular film as living on a digital platform and for broadcast. Obviously, cinema release would be brilliant, but we kind of made it with uh, some sort of video on demand in, in mind. So we will, I guess wait and see kind of what conversations come up over the next the next couple of months in terms of distributors and we would be over the moon if we could place it somewhere like the Netflix or Amazon. And Jason, I'm not sure if you know, we, we have our own, you know, there's the big Toronto International Film Festival, but there's also the uh, Toronto Irish Film Festival. Yeah. Yes. Are you aware of those? I am indeed, yeah. So what we'll be looking at... Coming into the autumn, what we'll start doing is looking at all of the international Irish film festivals. So that's the likes of the Toronto Irish and the Irish Film Festival of Boston. And there's a couple around Europe and a couple more around the US that we'll, we'll start to target. I think a lot of the time, most of them kind of fall somewhere between February, March, April, and somewhere to coincide with not not either side of Paddy's things. so we will I guess it's one of the things you, you, you start to plant as early on as you can is kind of your, your festival run and where where you think uh, a film may be screened or may be selected so you can measure things accordingly. Excellent. Brilliant. Well done, Jason. Yeah, well look at um I think you've done a, a great piece of work here. Uh really enjoyed it. We Hope Thank that our, our listenership can uh, can get to see it one of these days, and yeah. um, 
we promise not to give out that password there that you gave us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, appreciate you coming on the show. It's been yeah, great, great to uh, to chat to you, and um, really enjoyed this this story. And, and wish you the the very best of success with it. Thank you very much, guys, and thank you for having me. And I'm very grateful for you uh, getting in touch and taking the time to actually watch the film and stuff like that as well. So, Jason, enjoy the weekend well and, and great luck at the Galway Film Club there. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Well done. All the best. Talk soon. Bye-bye. I was young and I was in my day I could have stole what a woman's heart was away I'd sing and dance until the morning And blaze away until the dawning Long before I was the man you see today I was born beneath the star that promised all I could have lived my life between Corcove and Young Then the wheel of fortune took me And from the highest point it shook me There will rest until the Lord of love I'll find There in the mirror on the wall I see the dream is fading From the contender to the brawn The ring, the rose, the matador is raving When I die, I'll die drunk down on the street You can count me out to ten and clear the feet Wrap the starry plow around me And let the pipers air sound me there will rest until the Lord of love I'll meet There in the mirror on the wall I see the dreams fading From the contender to the ring of rose the matador is raving 
Rather starry plow around me And let the papers ever sound me There will rest until the Lord of love I When I came to town They call it the summer of love There were burning babies Burning flags The hawks against the doves I took a job at the steaming Way down on Caldrum Street Sure I fell in love With the laundry girl Working next to me She was a queer thing Fine as a bee's wing So fine a breath of wind Might blow her away She was a lost child she was running wild And as long as there's no price on love I'll stay For you wouldn't want her any other way Brown hair zigzagged around her face A look of half surprise like a fox caught in the headlights There was animal in her eyes She said, oh man, oh can't you see I am not the factory kind If you don't get me out of here I'm going to lose my mind She was a queer thing Fine as a bee's wing So fine that I might crush her where she lay She was a lost child Now she was running wild and as long as there's no price on love, I'll stay Or you wouldn't want to run any other way Through picking down in Kent We could take our lamps and pots and knives Wherever we went We were camping down the gower one time The money was pretty good She wouldn't wait for the harvest I thought, now we should And I said, sir, her will settle down Get a few acres dug With fire burning in the hearth And babies on the rug Said, oh man, you silly man, that surely sounds like hell You might be lord of half the world, you won't own me as well She was a queer thing, fine as a bee's wing So fine a breath of wind might blow her away She was a lost child, she was running wild And as long as there's no price on love, I'll stay Oh, I would not want her any other way Like a fool I let her run away with a rat 
and she's sleeping rough and she's back in the derby beat. A bottle of white lightning and a wall found at her feet. Some say she even married once a man called Roman A. Brown, but a gypsy caravan was too much settling down. Oh, and they say her flower is faded, rough by the rantard booze. But baby, that's the price you'll pay for the chains you refuse. She was a queer thing, fine as a bee's wing, and I miss her more than ever words could say. If I could just taste. Out of that wildness, no, and hold her in my arms one more day. Christ, I wouldn't want her any other way. Call on the summer of love. There were burning babies, burning flags, the hawks against the doves. I took a job at the steaming, went down on Caldrum Street, and I fell in love with a laundry girl working next to me. Need a more flavorful lager for your next gathering? Try a Guinness Hop House 13. 100% Irish-grown malted barley meets our famous Guinness yeast for a medium-bodied taste and a lingering finish. All the way from the legendary St. James Gate Brewery in Dublin. Find it straight from the keg at select pubs or in 500ml cans Canada-wide. Just look for the white can. Guinness, House 13. More hops, more taste, more character. All right, good stuff. Well, that little tune that I played there was uh, Mike Darcy and the Atlantic Tramps. What a great name, and beeswax. And uh, joined on the line now by the man himself, Mike Darcy. How are you doing, pal? Not too bad. Uh, what's the crack? How are you? Ah, tearing away. Thanks for doing this, buddy. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. How are them Atlantic Tramps? What a name. Where did you come up with that? Come on. I don't know, really. Um... I was I was originally trying to start a band about a year a year or two ago, and um, I think we're trying to come up with a name. And um, yeah, I think one of my, one of my friends has come up with Atlantic Tramps, or the Atlantic Tramp. And I just <laughs> I thought that was brilliant, you know. Uh, and anyone I've said the name to, uh, they either love it or hate it, you know. It's either the best name or the worst name, but it's it's there now, anyways. So we'll see what happens. Good man yourself, good man. How are things going anyway? Uh, these interesting times. I suppose we're asking everyone the same question. Yeah, uh, it's grand. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too hectic at the moment as a musician. So uh, you know, there's um, just trying to keep the head down and stay productive. I suppose you know. Are you um, are you capitalizing on the the, the the time off and the the lockdown to kind of uh, uh, write some more stuff? I understand you have another album on the uh, on the go yeah. that you might be writing something for the end of the year release, maybe. That's hopefully the plan. Yeah, um, I'm definitely yeah. The guitar is out all the time. Just usually, if I gigged from Thursday to Sunday, the guitar would be put back into the case, and I wouldn't um, I wouldn't take it out again till till the next gig. You know. 
But um, yeah, I'm trying to you know just play the guitar every day, write songs every day, and do a lot of the the boring stuff that you do in the background, like um, getting my um, electronic press kit in order for when, let's say, things do open up again eventually, even if it's going to be next year. Just have all your ducks in order, that kind of crack, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, the album I started. I was lucky enough that I was uh, I started recording just before all this madness uh, kicked off. So I I started recording around last November, and I was done by February in the studio. So I'm lucky that I have 11 songs now done, and they're being mixed at the moment by um, by a friend of mine, a fella up in PEI called Mark Westbrook. So he's mixing them at the moment, so I haven't got any mixes back yet. Good but, man. Um, hopefully it'll be out by the end of the year, you know? I don't know what the plan is. We'll wait and see what the, the regulations and the restrictions will be in a few months time you know well we we on occasion will uh, play from your last album Sim- simple drops of rain which uh, was is actually marvelous there's several fantastic tracks on that oh, nice. can we expect Thank something similar to that michael or is it a different different uh, direction altogether or kind of along the same it, lines it's a bit it's a bit different um it's still all folk music the only difference is on that's on the first album um it was my first time in a studio, you know? Yeah. So I was like a kid in a candy shop. You know, I was like, cheers, Ella. Drums, yeah, bass, <laughs> electric guitar, <laughs> organ, mandolin. Give me the works, you know? Um, so you get a bit overexcited, shall we say. But yeah. um, this album then, the main difference uh, you'll hear when it does eventually get released is there's no, there's no drums on it. It's just acoustic instruments. So it's more rootsy, more folky. It's just, it's just really the core the core album will be myself and the Atlantic Tramps, the aforementioned, yeah. which is just upright bass, fiddle, banjo. So it's more folk and then a bit of bluegrass American style. And then I have a few friends come in and play Illin pipes uh, and okay. um, Irish bazooki and that kind of thing. So it's definitely more stripped, more more folky. Uh, right. I'm very happy with how it's sounding, but I just want to try and get a finish now at the next, the next stage. Good man. And so Michael, it's Ken here. Uh, congratulations on on all the work you're doing there and, and on the first album. So good luck with the second one. You're, are you originally from Clare? I am. West Clare. Where, West Clare, Clare whereabouts? <laughs> uh, it's a small village called Kilmehill, about 20 miles um, west of Venice. Oh, not very good. Not far from Donald Trump's golf course. Oh, Lord, with the hokey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if you have uh, any idea of the history of this show, but it's uh, steeped in, in Clare, uh, Eamon O'Loughlin, who, who started the show, was from Innistimon, So That's right. I did. I met Eamon. Ah, you I'm did, here, did you? I'm here 10 years now, so I met Eamon back around 2010 or 11, out at the Galway Arms. Um, that's right. Yeah. He, uh, he was great to us. He got us gigs at the start. That's uh, super. Uh, he did so, I, and, and for some of my friends as well. Like he, he helped out so many Irish. Uh, yeah, and I remember him. He was doing the show live from the Galway Arms one Sunday. I don't know if he'd do it every Sunday, live from there. Oh, he did it. He did it quite a few times, I'd say. <laughs> and on occasion, he was known. I, I, I woke up uh, above the Galway Arms one Sunday morning. Uh, we just there was a house party or something on after a gig, and we stumbled down into the bar and had a few pints. I think he was trying to get us to shut up because he was trying to do a radio show in the corner. But um, I was back. I was back home in Innistimon actually. Uh, last time I was home, and I, ran, I just stopped into a bar randomly. Uh, my girlfriend was with me, two Canadian friends, 
And uh, there, yeah, there's a big picture of um, Eamon behind the bar with all the regulars from the Galway Arms. So I, I was like, I was telling the barmaid, and he's, I know that fella from, I knew that fella from from um, from Toronto, you know. And then there's a statue, or there's um, down by the waterfall there, and in the Simon, there's a little plaque dedicated to him. So he's held in yes. high regard in the Simon, basically. Oh, yeah. no doubt, yeah. no doubt, as he yeah. was here, and as he as he. You know, as he is still, he, uh, he yeah. left a great legacy for sure, and it's great that he was able to help you out. Who are the members of the these tramps? Who are they? <laughs> uh, so the three three Toronto lads. Um, James McElhaney is on upright bass. A friend of mine. There's the three guys in that in the video actually. I don't know if you've seen any All right. videos I've had. James McElhaney on upright bass. Uh, James McKay on fiddle, and Matt Elwood on banjo. So um, they play a lot of. Uh, they play a lot of, you know, in a lot of bluegrass bands, and that was the one thing when I came over here, I couldn't believe the amount of bluegrass that's in this city, you know. And right. I didn't know much about bluegrass being from West Clare, but it's not a million miles from from the stuff I was doing. So I kind of incorporate a bit of that, you know. That's the plan, anyway. Brilliant. Well, I have a, I have a couple of tunes lined up as well here from uh, "Simple Drops of Rain" and "Simple Drops of Rain" itself is one of the songs we're going to play as well, Michael. But, uh, so at the moment you're out. Um, you're still gigging. You're kind of full time doing the music thing, are you? Yeah, I gave up that work and crack years ago. Why that? <laughs> it's still work, you know. <laughs> what you're doing? Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, um, I've been well not a full time really for the last six or seven years now since I've been here. You know. Um. So hopefully, yeah, we're just waiting to see what the what we're told we can do and what we can't do. You know, I know pubs are open. Now, I suppose, with patios, and then maybe next month they'll be open to 50% capacity, I think. Yeah. Not sure. No. But you're, they're still not allowed live music, which is fair enough. You know, we can only go by health officials and what we're told to do, you know. But I do. I got. I have my first gig, I think, coming up next Saturday. It'll be my first gig in four months. It's a rooftop patio somewhere with the crowd. Okay. I think it's all social distance and it's safe and mask wearing and all that crack. Yeah. So, so it'll be sporadic. So it won't be at an regular like the bars won't be packed again you know till the end of the year maybe 2021 you know good so stuff it happens yeah well yeah, a little a little tougher to do that are you doing any of the facebook stuff are you doing any online gigs yeah, i'm not doing any i haven't done any full gigs online yet but that's that's the plan i'm trying to get myself and the tramps together in one room safely and uh then you know advertising Try and do a, a gig for maybe an hour or two, uh, but what I have been doing is kind of here and there putting up songs uh, from my apartment here. So it, I just put it under the name "The Basement Sessions." Yeah. So I do a song. I think every every three or four days, or two two songs a week usually, yeah. just to keep something um, on the social media accounts and just to keep it kind of moving, you know. Good man. So that's the, yeah, it's important for sure at these times. I, exactly. Yeah. And normally, Michael, where would people see you? Like, is it in and around the pubs? Is the Irish pubs in town that that people would be uh, would That's have seen it, they're you? Probably, they're probably sick of looking at me now, but I've I've, I've been <laughs> most of the Irish bars. Yeah, I play every Sunday. I've, for the last three or four years now, I've been uh, my regular Sunday gig is at the Rose and Crown at uh, Young and Eglinton. Right, because, you know that. Uh, yeah. Yes, indeed. Oh, a lovely yeah. couple called Johnny and Lisa run that bar, and I wish them the best of luck because I know they're. Yeah. They're going through tough times right now, trying to get the bar, you know, up and running again. So, um, and you know, you catch me at McVeigh's 
definitely one weekend a month, if not two weekends a month. And the Fridays and Saturdays and, and everywhere really, anywhere. Like DJs are the local in Rance as well, like the usual haunts that keep me going with the regular gigs, you know. Good man. Touring, touring around the city. It's great crack. <laughs> Perfect. Well, listen, Michael, um, the best of luck. and glad we're finally able to get you on here. And um, every week we're trying to get a little bit of local talent. And um, I'm going to let the listeners hear Simple Drop of Rain here, which is the title of your track. If somebody wanted to buy that album, where would they want to, Where would they get it? You can get the link on anywhere, like um, my Facebook page, Michael Darcy Music, or website, michaeldarcymusic.com as well. Perfect. Shoot me an old message. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna fi- I'm gonna fire up the tune here for everyone. And um, good man, Mark. And, and again, thanks a million, lads, for having me. No thanks, problem. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for coming on. You're Cheers. great. Appreciate it. All right. See you, pal. Cheers, lads. All the best. Good luck. First we landed in this strange new city Eyes full of wonder and hearts full of pity Thinking of those we left behind When will I return to the other side? Will Roshi never sing again with pride? Street in the snow, shiver as the cold winds blow. Winter seemed to drown in the sleep, and the locals laughed when we thought that we'd freeze. Strangers' faces greeted us at every door, and some strangers we had come to adore. Making our way in this foreign land. Everybody needs a helping hand And there's just something about a simple drop of rain That sets my mind wandering again Across the ocean in our days I go But I can always find its way back home Find its way back home 
and there's just something about a simple drop of rain that sets my mind wandering again across the ocean in a day's go My heart can always find its way back home. day for everyone that comes but once a year and for you my love that day of days is here so Special day, I'd like to say I wish you every happiness. I hope you're feeling fine. Now you'll have a real good time, and I wish you happy birthday, baby mine. I don't know what I'd do if ever I lost you. I'd have no today, no tomorrow You've made a simple joke More happy than you know And today I want to say I love you so So have a happy birthday, baby May all your dreams come true Special day, I'd like to say I wish you every happiness. I hope you're feeling fine. Now you'll have a real good time, and I wish you happy birthday, baby Tonight, and we'll dine by candlelight while the band plays those great golden oldies. I'll take you to a show, and when it's time to go, I'll tell the cab to drive us home real slow. So Special day, I'd like to say I wish you every happiness. I hope you're feeling fine. Now you'll have a real good time, and I wish you happy birthday, baby mine. So happy. 
special day I'd like to say I wish you Oh, there you go, Kenny. I have to put you on the spot. Mark, first of all, um, where in the Lord's name did you find that song? Uh, and secondly, I thought it would never end. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, long one, wasn't it? How many verses did that fella sing? That's a Mike That's Denver it. song, you know. Oh, yeah, man. Can't cut Denver, Mike Denver yeah. short, and, and I still did. <laughs> <laughs> now when I picked it I have to say I didn't pay too much attention to the lyrics so it may not have been appropriate for me to play that for you but um, Heather had asked me to play that song for you Ken by the way okay well I'm really glad of that I'm glad you didn't come back saying that you'd picked that one out for me because I was listening to the lyrics and I thought oh boy there's an underlying message here or something or what <laughs> all right well there you go there you go man thank you very much Marco Ah, jeepers. So, listen, a couple of great old interviews there. We're kind of just coming up for air. Um, great, uh, great of John Horan. Um, great, great man. A great man to interview, isn't he? He's a very well-spoken man. Yeah, indeed. And something you mentioned on last week's show, that the, the freedom we have now with the extended hours and that, it's, you don't feel rushed. And, you know, it's great when you are chatting to, to people and, and they've got good stories. We can just relax and have a good old conversation with them. And, uh, yeah, brilliant. Jason Brannigan, great. Michael Darcy, always good to, to hear the, you know, the Irish accents, whether they're here or over there, and uh, filling us in on, on life now and what it was and what it will be. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's brilliant. Well done. Super, super. Um, I was going to mention, so any, uh, any scores there to give us an update on, Kenny? I know you're on the post there. Putting you on the spot a little bit. I'm uh, sure you're keeping a close eye on how your lads are doing. game going on now. Uh, Liverpool won, Burnley won. Oh, Kenny. And it's uh, four minutes of extra time now in case people are interested in that one. Ah, sure. Did, did he send out the chaps for that game? Maybe he did. Well, there's a couple of young fellas there, but no. Front line is, is powerful. The top boys are there. Oh. The three of them, Mane, Firmino and Salah, are there and still there. So we'll see what happens in the last three minutes of that game. And then there's a there's a few more, few more games going on. I suppose uh, that are that would be pertinent to you too. As Chelsea and Sheffield are uh, are about to play at uh, at half twelve, and then a little bit later on, Brighton and Manchester City are, are playing. And earlier today, West Ham beat Norwich four 0 and Watford beat Newcastle United two one. Oh boy! All right. And that, uh, I was just reading there this morning, there's a, a Dubliner, Owen Doyle, former Sligo Rovers uh, player, who had just won promotion with Swindon Town, has decided to switch and it teams, and he's... Uh, <clears throat> Everyone there is so happy to be there. Moving on forward uh, with, with, his, uh, with Swindon. So, wow. fair play to him. He scored... 26 goals in 28 games last season for Swindon. So That's some going. Fair play to him. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so have you got a, a few tracks lined up here for us now, Mark? I do. I, I have the track that you really did want me to play lined up here, Pell, which is uh, a sweet thing. Um, so uh, I'll dedicate this one to you. And uh, happy birthday. I'm hoping that we'll, uh, the weather cooperates and we can we can get together for an old patio dinner at some stage later on this evening. 
So it would be good. Keep our eye. On, we'll keep our eye on the weather there. Um, although, but some badly needed rain uh, finally came. So that'll do with the vegetables. All the, the power good out the back, Kenny. I've been watering them like you wouldn't believe. How is the fig tree doing? I need to know. Two the figs. Listeners need to know. I have two figs going now. I should. I'll bring a photograph of the two of them tonight. They're not ready. Be ready in about two weeks. I can't wait. There's not enough there for for a jar of jam. But uh, okay. I'll. I'll yeah, I'll, um, I was uh, when you started saying that there that you're going to bring the photograph. I thought, my God, he's getting all so stingy. I mean, uh, a little <laughs> gift of a fig wouldn't be a bad old thing now, would it? <laughs> no. I did get you a gift. I went to Shoppers Drug Mart and I got those glasses off the rack and a walking stick for you. <laughs> so you're good to go there. Excellent. You can never be short of a pair of glasses. I have them everywhere, all over the place. <laughs> I know you do, <laughs> <laughs> and still need some. All right. Well, we built off here with um, uh, with uh, a song I know you really like, Kenny, and happy birthday to you. Um, yesterday, that was your birthday. You caught up Cheers, with me. It's, it is hard to believe that uh, fellas from different parts of Ireland come to Toronto and have birthdays all in the same week. Yourself last Sunday, Charlie Dorley um, on Thursday, and, and myself yesterday. Um, ah. It is hard to believe. Oh, yes. Cancer. So there you go. Happy yeah. birthday to the three musketeers. All right. <laughs> Here we go. We give this a lash here. Tramps. The three tramps, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
Anyway, what do you think of that tune? 
That's a fabulous tune, Mark, and uh, we're putting that one out there now to Don and Shirley McCauley from Ballymena and Larne, respectively. Wow. They spent uh, 45 years in Calgary, then retired to Vancouver, and they're uh, they're hanging out in Ottawa right now, and they're, um, they're doing it all style. They have a speaker in the room, and there's a bunch of the family gathered around, and they're all together. So Don is some man there now requesting that song or, uh, for, for Shirley, isn't he? He's a he's a peach. And, anyway, uh, I, I tell you, Don was involved very heavily involved actually in the Irish community out there in Calgary, and he was also a member of the Irish band Banshee, and oh. uh, was uh, president of the Irish Society there as well. So, good man, Don. We're glad to have you as listeners. They're uh, they've dialed it into Mixler now, Mark. They're listening in all the time. They're loving it. Brilliant. It's like uh, Kenny. It's a bit like cocaine. Once you start going at it, right? I'd say it's hard to quit. I wouldn't know, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Neither would I, but I've heard. <laughs> ah, super stuff. Oh, that's great. Um, so, yep. what have you got now? We have, uh, we have about a half an hour left in the program, and uh, yeah, I, think I haven't we, heard Jewelry yet, so yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, it, I think it's time, pal, right? I think it's time. I got a few, um, I got a few. I, I think what we might do maybe is just play, play out a bit of music here, go three songs in a row, have a little chat, and then... Let 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 music take everybody home till twelve thirty here. Sure, they're tired listening to people talking, but um, yeah, I got a few I got a few decent ones uh, lined up here. I think that uh, the listeners might be happy with. Um, well, I thought I'd play this next song here. You were talking about Charlie's birthday, and uh, I've played this uh, on the radio a few times now. Uh, the song is an Emmett Spiceland song, but um, Charlie, I always remember this always uh, sang this song to his eldest daughter to put her to sleep. And uh, uh, we would have grown up uh, listening to this song a little bit as well. It's called Bajin Ailemi. So I'll play this one for Charlie. He's a huge fan of this one. Um, And then we'll have some surprises after that. A few, uh, a few, uh, the the cores, I was thinking we might play the cores and then maybe go, uh, go deep with a Joe Dolan tune. How about that? Connell Connell will be delighted if you're playing Joe. Yeah, I know he would. Sure didn't he request it. Yeah, oh, actually, no, I know. <laughs> All right, here's uh, here's uh, Emmett Spiceland and uh, Bajie Nailemi. Bajie Nailemi, Jimmy go go la Bajie Nailemi, Spellemi on Bajie Nailemi, Jimmy go go la Oh, I'm 
No. 
Different eyes, different size, different girls every day, different names, different games. Took my breath clean away, but I'm changed, rearranged. Ken, as promised, and that one goes out to Con O'Connell, who was requesting um, a little bit of a Joe Dolan tune there. So thanks, Con. Always great to get requests from listeners. Oh, very good. Well done, <laughs> Con. I had to get that one in under the wire there. I did. Hey, we were chatting, of course, with the sad passing of uh, Jack Charlton there uh, at the top of the show. And um, I was in Europe right after the 88 Euros uh, traveling around there in Holland and Germany. And I always remember going into the various uh, pubs and that uh, while we were out and people, just because we were Irish, just giving us this big welcome because of how well the Irish fans had been received in both those countries during the Euros. And there was all sorts of writing on the walls, fellas from, you know, every small village yeah. across Ireland. So it's a good memory for, for for me, even though I wasn't at the actual Euros. I was uh, I did travel around there a bit after it. So uh, always good to, to get good reports about uh, your fellow countrymen while these big tournaments are on. 
Absolutely. And since we've been on, Mark, they've already come out with the five greatest days under Jack Charlton. <laughs> and I know you'd be able to, to, to name off a few. In fact, we talked about one, which was the, the penals uh, yeah. against Romania. The other, of course, been uh, the uh, the Ireland win in the 88 Euros, the 1-0 win over England. Yeah. And Gary Lineker at that time thought they were going to win the entire tournament. England didn't actually win a point. So uh, <laughs> quite the, the shocker there. Uh, number two was the Romania one that we talked about. Number three was the 1994 USA Ireland Italy 1-0. Oh yeah, and uh, pretty uh, pretty uh, um, amazing win there. The World Cup qualification in 1990, Ireland beaten Spain 1-0, and uh, that oh. was at Lansdowne Road. So uh, forgot about that one. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and then a a win in the qualifications was number five for the Euros in '88. Ireland beat Scotland one nil in that, and here's the uh, the team, uh, incredible team that yeah. played that day. Uh, you had Packy Bonner in in net, Paul McGrath and Ronnie Whelan with the fullbacks, Kevin Moore, Mick McCarthy with the centre halves. Midfield was Ray Houghton, Mark Lawrence, Liam Brady, and Tony Galvin, and up front was Frank Stapleton and John Aldridge. Oh, not bad! Not a bad team. Who scored for us? Was it a sub that came on and scored? No. Uh, there you Don't remember go. that one now. I thought um, I, I thought there was a more recent win over Scotland. Maybe that we uh, we got a last minute goal or something like that. But no, I might be I might be wrong about that. Anyway. I'm not sure. Do you know what? It doesn't say in this particular article, and I do not remember. But, All right, um, very good. Well, well, listen. Why don't um, why don't I let you um, wander off and enjoy the rest of your day? And for the next fifteen minutes, I'll play out a little bit of music and come back and sign off. But um, I do want to mention that next week uh, we don't have our show fully rounded out, but a couple of things have already taken shape. Absolutely delighted that um, we we mentioned it briefly last week, but Shane Dowling, the Limerick hurler who recently uh, announced his retirement, uh, will be joining us for a live interview on Keologus Crack next weekend. Um, not often uh, that you get to talk to fellas that have All-Ireland medals, uh, but it's certainly um, a sad story to, to see a fellow with a, a really bad knee injury have to, um, have to uh, uh, retire, unfortunately. And uh, there's some great footage of Shane Dowling's scores and goals on, on YouTube. Uh, we'll try and post some of them during the week to whet everyone's appetite. And um, we're still trying to round out a few more guests, but Shane Dowling is locked. Absolutely delighted that he'll join us. So really looking forward to chatting to him as he calls us from Limerick. And uh, a big thank you to uh, my pal Jermalan there from the Napiershik Club in Limerick, who was able to pull that off for us. So that's great stuff. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, yeah, Jer, well done. And um, yeah, we'll be lining out. Stay tuned. You can, of course, follow us on Facebook. Keologus Crack there, and on Instagram, Crack on Instagram there, and stay tuned for the updates or on our WhatsApp. You can you can request and we'll put you in our group, and that way you'll know all the inside scoop on what's coming up during the week. Lovely. Okay. Well done, pal, on the music. Great selection. You're playing a blinder. Uh, enjoy the day, folks, and we'll talk to you next week. Very so. good. Kenny, I'm going to play a song here by a young lady. Um, her name is Quiva Mooney, and uh, she's from Longford, and she has a tremendous rendition of Grace going viral here. So um, she's only 11 years old in this tune, so I'm going to play this for the listeners. But you go off and enjoy yourself, and I'll chat to you soon, pal. All the best.
Slant. Slant. As we gather in the chapel here in old Kilmainham jail, I think about these past few weeks. Oh, where they say we failed from our school days. They have told us we must yearn for liberty. All I want in this dark place is to have you here with me. Oh, Grace, just hold me in your arms and let this moment linger. They'll take me out at dawn and I will
tune there um, and uh, I want to really thank Mike for joining us on Keologus Crack this morning um, great old show there today also a big shout out to Uchtaron Cumin Luclas Gale uh, John Horn for joining us and Jason Brannigan director of Breaking Ice uh, you got to get out and see that movie folks um, try to get your hands on it somehow and uh, 
All right, and uh, again, a uh, happy birthday to Ken. Happy birthday to me pal, Charlie. And um, I'm not going to uh, end the show here. I'm going to go out here with a couple of tunes. Um, let me see here. What can I line up? Well, no, uh, no Irish radio show should ever be played without a Luke Kelly song. So I'll uh, I'll probably give that a blast. And maybe what we'll do is we'll um, uh, we'll play a little bit of Ray Lynham, Silver Sandals. All right, folks, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll be back again next Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, www.mixlr.com forward slash Kjol August Crack. Thanks again for joining us, and um, we will talk to you next Saturday. Thinking of those we left behind. She goes walking up those golden stairs And though we miss her so we know she's happy to be there She walks with us in memory We see her all the time In silver sandals walking through our minds So many times we've let our thoughts turn back to yesterday To a little girl I could only watch the She walks with us in memory, we see her all the time In silver sandals walking through our minds The rain in which she sleeps is cold but our thoughts of her are warm And we cry as we both long to hold her in our arms Each night in dreams we see her running to us, smiling sweet with silver sandals on her little feet In silver sandals she goes walking up those golden stairs And though we miss her so we know she's happy to be there She walks with us in memory We see her all the time In silver sandals walking through our minds she had asked for sandals from the time that she could talk And it would break our hearts when she'd ask us why she couldn't walk She'd say, when I go to heaven, can I change my crutches then For a pair of silver sandals at the rainbow's end In silver sandals she goes walking up those golden stairs And though we miss her so With us in memory, we see her all the time In silver sandals walking through our minds In silver sandals walking through our minds See the child with the golden hair But eyes that show the emptiness inside Do we know, can we understand Just how he feels or have we really tried See him now, 
As he stands alone and watches children play a children's game Simple child He looks almost like the others Yet they know he's not the same Scorn not his simplicity But rather try to love him all the more Scorn not his simplicity Oh no, oh no See him stare Not recognizing that kind face that only yesterday he loved The loving face of a mother who can't understand what she's been guilty of How she cried, tears of happiness the day the doctor told her it's a boy now she cries, tears of helplessness and thinks of all the things he can't enjoy. Scorn not his simplicity, but rather try to love him all the more. Scorn not his simplicity, oh no, oh How to face the future Hopefully surrounded by despair He won't ask For your pity or your sympathy But surely you should care Scorn not his simplicity But rather try to love him all the more Scorn not his simplicity, oh no, 